is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach, and today we're going to do something different. My team and I have come together to design a COVID-19 survival guide series to help you navigate this new normal during an unprecedented global pandemic. We'll be featuring health and wellness experts, business and career thought leaders, and guests who can help you survive and thrive as we continue on this uncertain journey of the coronavirus. Today, I welcome Cynthia Fisher to the show. Cynthia is going to talk to us about how the United States COVID-19 pandemic is testing our healthcare system limits. Cynthia, welcome to the show. I am so delighted and grateful to have you with me today. Well, thank you, Caroline. It's a real pleasure to be here and honor. Thank you. You are most welcome. So tell us a little bit about your background in the healthcare system first and, and how you've really gotten familiar with it. And then we'll dive into some COVID-specific scenarios. Well, Caroline, I am a life sciences entrepreneur. I've been a CEO and I've worked across the healthcare sector. So from health data IT uh, to um, blood uh, and to biotech, I've worked across uh, the sector and actually uh, am very familiar with how it works. And uh, I actually was inspired to set everything aside and go to Washington and create a nonprofit called patientrightsadvocate.org. That's patientrightsadvocate.org. And, and why? Well, as a former CEO and as someone who knows, knows the sector, I was able to see where the greed in the sector had run amok. And patients hardworking Americans and even taxpayers have suffered from financial burden from the healthcare system. We are blind to no prices before we get healthcare. And then when we do get care, we're blindsided by outrageous bills, oftentimes not even matching our clinical experience. And then we're expected to pay with a blank check. And I thought, you know, Caroline, this needs to stop. We need to be able to have fairness in healthcare where the patient is first and the patient has the right to know the prices of care and be in control of their decisions to choose the best quality healthcare at prices they can afford. And only with price transparency can we then reduce the cost of care and coverage. So in fact, we've looked at, our organization has looked at existing surveys. The Harvard-Harris poll says 88%, that's nearly 90% of all Americans agree that they overwhelmingly support uh, government mandates for hospitals and health insurance companies to show their prices, both the low discounted cash price and the negotiated rates with the insurance companies. And then you know what happens after that is we saw in the McLaughlin poll that 
an overwhelming majority, 79% of the people know that we know how to shop because when we can shop, they believe that it will in fact lower prices and it'll function like grocery or retail or travel or any other healthy, functional, competitive marketplace. And we believe very firmly that we can do this in healthcare as well. I'm so excited to hear about that. And it really empowers the consumer to be well-educated and to uh, conduct price comparisons, right? And, and be savvy about their healthcare. Yes. And just like we do when we shop online with COVID, many of us are shopping from our homes on our computers. So when you go to Amazon or you go to look at a comparison on quality, you might go to Yelp. Think about the differences of differentiating on quality uh, and price in healthcare and how when we are in control, we will choose healthcare that we can afford. Let me give you an example since we talked about COVID. We had so many patients go for COVID testing. They were concerned for their family members. And many actually had to get a, a physician to authorize the test. And in this COVID experience, many people that we knew in different states had to go to a hospital or an emergency room to get that COVID test. And we just had heard from a young woman in Florida, her name is Carberry, and she went for a COVID test, having a fever, having some of the symptoms. And when she got home about a month later, she got a $6,500 bill. <laughs> And the test itself was free from the government, which she thought she was going into the emergency room for a free test. But they ended up running flu tests and uh, blood tests and uh, electrocardiograms and chest x-rays. They ran all sorts of different other things that had nothing to do with the COVID test. And in fact, uh, she has $6,500 in charges that she's fighting. Compare that to another young woman who went to a direct primary care doctor for $75 and including the fee of the government reimbursed test was able to get tested and have similar tests done all for $75. So if our, this young woman Carberry could go online and see that at one doctor she could get it for 75, she would have never gone to that emergency room had she known that it would cost her $6,500 and her insurance has yet to pay. So she's on the line and she's on the hook for that expense. So only with price transparency can we change this. And unfortunately, we've heard from hundreds of people like Carberry who have been price gouged and overcharged uh, and almost mistreated. And we just heard from a young man in Tennessee, in Nashville, who went to one of the biggest hospitals there for a COVID test. And they sent him home. He was seen by four nurses they sent him home and said, you don't need to test, just quarantine yourself. Well, he got a $15,000 bill. Oh. He never got the test to begin with. Wow. Wow. So it, it's clear that COVID has shown the brokenness of our healthcare system in this global pandemic. But might this be the catalyst for change? You know, I'm ever hopeful. And with your advocacy and expertise, there are professionals like you, you know, in the trenches fighting for this. Is there potential here? 
Yes, absolutely. And you're right. You know, COVID has exposed the brokenness of our healthcare system. And what may be really positive outcome of all of this is that COVID-19 may actually be the silver lining that we have to affect change. And how is that? Well, um, the Trump administration here in Washington actually uh, last July implemented an executive order and rules for hospitals and insurance companies to reveal their secret negotiated rates and hospitals to show the low cash prices for consumers. And they need to do it by January 1st, 2021. Well, guess what? Congress is ready to do another stimulus package. And we're in this special moment of time where our economy has had a huge setback and nearly 40 million people have lost their jobs. It's, it's an unheard of time. And this devastation, both on the fear of disease and the fear of financial ruin, is about the same for people getting their health care. And the only way that people feel that they can control their precious hard-earned dollar is to know prices beforehand. We know that from the polls like the Harvard-Harris poll with the 90% of all Americans wanting price transparency. So this is a moment in time where we at patientrightsadvocate.org say that it is absolutely critical to protect patients, employers, taxpayers by insisting that healthcare price transparency be part of this next COVID stimulus package. This is a bipartisan issue. Believe it or not, in this time of great troubles in our country and dividedness, <laughs> Caroline, this is one area where all Americans actually agree. 90% of Americans want to be able to shop for their health care. And this is the time that COVID-19 can make that happen. So we encourage your listeners, for your American listeners out there, they can go to our website and click on one button and write their story and their advocacy and use their voice, which will go directly to their senator or congressman to be able to say what they want for price transparency in this next stimulus. And guess what? The beauty in it is, is the budget office has already scored it and found that there will be absolutely no cost to the taxpayer but instead a tremendous benefit. Well, that's encouraging, very encouraging. Cynthia, we'll be right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. So, Cynthia, Cynthia, pardon me, you mentioned that this is happening in the U.S. You know we have a global audience, all of whom are also impacted by the pandemic. How are different countries handling the health crisis of COVID differently than what the U.S. is doing? Well, Caroline, I'm glad you asked me about different companies handling this COVID crisis, and um, at least from the financial standpoint, 
of uh, people being able to know costs and being able to have coverage. I think that one of the best examples that our country in the U.S. can look to is that of Singapore. And Stephen Forbes, an economist and obviously the head of Forbes magazine, has been quoted on a podcast himself talking about how price transparency, like the model that Singapore has, on a cash-based system uh, where people take care of their everyday health, utilizing cash that their employers, and if they're a government employee, that the government provides, uh, that they basically take care of their own health uh, in a cost-efficient price shopping way and price price, uh, transparent. And then they have catastrophic care. And this is a model that the U.S. can do as well. And it would look much like how we handle our cars, right? We we buy our cars knowing prices up front, just like we do anything else in, in, in our lives. And then to insure our cars, we basically take care of the care and feeding and maintenance. We buy the fuel, we take care of the oil changes, and the same can be for our bodies. And then we have catastrophic type of coverage for when we get into accidents or when we are in crisis. And that is the same that could be applied in healthcare, but we have to first start with knowing the prices. So Singapore has an outstanding model. And when we do that, we can get to our gross domestic product, which is approaching 19% of GDP in the US compared to half of that in countries like Singapore. So think about as we relaunch our economy post-COVID, think about if we use this price transparent model that Singapore has and this cash model and catastrophic coverage moving forward, how meaningful that would be to stimulate our economy. And actually those savings for companies would actually go into the employees' wages because it's really an employee benefit, which is coming out of their wages. So those monies would go back into increased wages and that's money in their pocket, food on the table, more jobs and growth for the companies. And and that's a real impact of prosperity for the individual, their families, their communities, and our country. Absolutely. Let's talk about telemedicine. I have seen so many people that out of necessity, because uh, many medical facilities and, and practices were closed or partially closed during the height of the COVID onset, and they flipped to a telemedicine model. Might that also be a great solution to mainstream? Caroline, yes, absolutely. Telemedicine has actually enabled many people to get access to care from their homes, from their uh, phone via FaceTime or just audio, right? And be able to use uh, the ability to stay in place, but be able to get access to physicians and their care. Um, Now, this is wonderful. And it's a time that has come. And I applaud the administration for opening the doors for people to stay safely at home, Uh, especially our our, uh, elder uh, community or those with immune deficiencies that may be most susceptible to COVID, right? To protect them and keep them safe. And then we go back to the financial issue. This can be a very cost-effective alternative to care. However, however, without price transparency, we are getting complaints from patients 
that um, they have been way overcharged with bills that are much higher than they would have expected for a seven or eight minute phone call. So many companies before COVID had offered telemedicine as a health benefit that you could have access via their health plan for say about $60 per doctor visit on average. And many companies, employees pay a $10 copay. So that's a $60 visit, which was available as a health benefit 24-7 access to a dermatologist or a primary care doctor. And you could choose your doctor because you could look at their schooling, you could look at their specialty and choose them online. That was wonderful. But since COVID, what we've seen is doctors within hospital systems have actually even conducted outbound calls at as high as prices of $290 that have come after the fact. And several have realized that they can actually make more money by doing outbound calls, checking up on their patients with telemedicine. And here we've had patients come to us to say, wait a minute, I had no idea when the doctor called me <laughs> that I was going to be charged. I didn't need to have three calls with my doctor. So again, without transparency, without those patients knowing beforehand that they were going to be charged $290 for that audio or visual call, then you get into problems. So again, it comes back to giving patients control and choice. And the only way we can do that is to be transparent. You know, some of this that we've seen on the dark side has, can you imagine the telemarketers that call you at, uh, when you're at dinner time when they know you're home and it happens to be your doctor who then just charges you $290? I mean, <laughs> this is outrageous. And the only way we can prevent some of those uh, bad actors is to, again, insist upon accountability and transparency and know up front. So, for instance, in, in our family's business, we would encourage our employees to use our tele, telemedicine service that we know is $60 um, as their first place to get access. So these are the types of changes that are desperately needed, yet telemedicine is a wonderful tool and a great solution. Again, without transparency and accountability, things can go awry and amiss. And unfortunately in the US, we have a healthcare system based upon maximizing profits and revenues on a patient's misfortune. And the only way you can make it into a competitive market is to allow it to be, uh, or a functional market, is to allow it to be transparent and competitive and drive down the cost of care. Just like all of our cell phones, we benefit from a computer system that in the 80s would have been millions of dollars for the power that we hold in our hand with our cell phones today for a couple hundred. These are the types of things that can happen in medicine, but we have to have competition and we have to have the drive to drive better quality at a lower price. Cynthia, you've had some ideas about how to think entrepreneurially about how to deal with COVID with, with tools and entities that we already have. Tell me a bit more about repurposing Amazon or Uber technology to get testing and drive down costs. Tell me a bit more about that. Well, Caroline, you asked such great questions because, um, you know, the tech world has basically catapulted 
and revolutionized industries, right? Look at the taxi cab world to what Uber did to it. Look what Netflix did to Blockbuster, for instance, right? or Amazon to retail, how it changed our lives uh, for the better, cost efficiently, uh, and giving us broad choice. Um, so as you look at healthcare, one could think of getting access to healthcare much like an Uber type of system where uh, could you imagine where if someone needed a knee replacement that they could dial into an Uber-like app that would see what surgeons are available and what their quality is, what's their infection rate, what's their customer satisfaction from their patients, how many surgeries of that type that they've performed, uh, where they are and what's the schedule where I could get next on the schedule if I needed that type of surgery and what would my um, what would my coverage be for that uh, and what would it cost me? Can you imagine that we could choose much like we choose in Uber what car or what car service we want at a prices we can afford in the time we want it? I mean, there are just a tremendous number of ways that we could see technologies like that. Or say we need a strep test. Why not be able to just get a strep test delivered to our doorstep from Amazon? Many states, you can do that, and you can do it for under $20. I'll give you another example. If we can shop, we could know, for instance, if someone has a young child or, or, or went on the ski slopes and tore their um, cruciate lig anterior cruciate ligament and needed to wear a knee brace, well, in the um, orthopedics brace shop, We've known patients that have paid as high as $1,500 for the same brace when they got home and they looked on Amazon, they could have gotten for $150. So being able to save your own money and spend it and look online and use these types of mobile apps is going to catapult us into a whole new world of healthcare. The technology sector can impact us in such a huge way moving forward. You know, if you think about how applications like Uber have transformed us in transportation, the same can apply for access to care, scheduling to care, and the ability to see quality and performance of surgeons and doctors and our care providers, as well as price. So we can see that in the future, Prices can easily be aggregated, quality can be assessed, and availability to access to key physicians, surgeons, oncologists uh, at prices we can afford, at quality we want, can be made readily available to us through our technology sector. And I do believe that there is a silver lining in this COVID-19 crisis, and it it's going to be up to us as Americans to embrace that Singapore model <laughs> of wanting to know prices up front by letting our congressmen know that as they go into this next stimulus, it's time to stimulate every American's wallet and pocketbook and critical to protect patients, employers taxpayers by insisting that our senators and congressmen and women put healthcare price transparency into the next COVID stimulus package. That will transform, and I would say much like the tech sector, 
It will revolutionize healthcare by putting patients in control and drastically reducing the cost of both care and coverage. Well, Cynthia, I'm inspired by you. I'm grateful for your advocacy. And again, we want to mention patientrightsadvocate.org. And I'm hearing you say we need to vote and we need to reach out to our elected officials and make sure that our voices are heard. Any other ways that we can become socially responsible as citizens and, and be proactive in this fight? Well, you know, this is a time where people have taken to the streets on other matters, right? Right. Literally. Yes. Literally and figuratively. And our voices do count. You know, I think I've been absolutely overwhelmed by how the administration actually listened to patient stories and brought them in. They brought in to uh, the White House and to the administration, the patients that we sent videos in to the president and Secretary Azar. And they also listened to employers that saved nearly 50% by contracting directly at low cash discounted prices uh, with the healthcare providers to lower the costs of care so they could add more to the wages of their employees. And here, yes, Caroline, we are in this moment of time where people have taken to the streets to have their voices be heard. But I would say in healthcare, the most effective way that we can make our voices heard is to go online to patientrightsadvocate.org and there's a button to just click and that will go to your senator or your congressperson and to use your voice directly to insist that healthcare price transparency and your ability to shop be part of this next COVID stimulus package that will likely be implemented uh, as in, by the beginning of August. So use your voice. It counts. It matters. You can affect change. And your voice needs to be heard because it's your money. You're the worker. You're the wage earner. You're the taxpayer. And it's your money to be spent to keep your family safe and your legacy, your financial future safe as well. So that would be my encouragement is to say we our voice does matter and that is a really effective way. And even telling your own story to your congressman. And if you feel you've been mischarged, overcharged, price gouged, and have medical bills that you were could not afford, um, they need to know that they can make this change that will benefit all Americans. Um, so we we encourage you to to um, use your voice and you don't need to go to the street. You just need to go online. <laughs> Cynthia, it's been so great to have a conversation with you about healthcare price transparency. And I'm very grateful that you brought a very special guest to the show. I want to welcome Indiana Senator Mike Braun. Senator Braun, welcome. I'm delighted to have you on today. Well, hey, it's good to be on. We'll have a lot to talk about. Absolutely. So tell us, why do you believe that healthcare price transparency is so important? And what are you doing to take steps to improve upon this? I know how important it is because I took on the whole issue way before I became a U.S. senator. Uh, I transformed my entire health insurance plan back in 2008 to make it consumer driven, uh, to make sure my employees had skin in the game to where they would use transparency and uh, emphasized wellness. And to make a long story short, uh, 
They've not had a premium increase now in 12 years and they're healthier and they use transparency. And even though it's sometimes difficult to find out there when they find it, generally saving 30 to 50%. So it's kind of, I've had a, a experiment going on. Uh, I was CEO of the company until a year and a half ago. So I know it works. And uh, now that I'm here, I want to apply those same principles you know, with this bill that we're dropping and uh, taking on the healthcare industry to embrace transparency, competition, uh, no barriers to entry, and engage the consumer. So tell us, what is the status of the legislation? So uh, it is finished, and we're going to, I'm rounding up co sponsors on it. So it'll be. Uh, dropped uh, here within the next few days. Uh, ideally, I was going to do it today, but too many senators were not available to round them up as co-sponsors. So we're working on that. Any day it'll be dropped. It'll be reflecting what the uh, White House is wanting to do. So I think we got the uh, chance to get it with whatever else we might do on uh, COVID-19 legislation. If not, I think it's got enough merit where it can uh, maybe find something else. We're going to exercise all the levers to try to make sure it hits pay dirt. So let's dive a little deeper. What kind of protection specifically will this bill give Americans? So it's going to uh, aim at hospitals, which uh, you've got pharma, hospitals, insurance companies, uh, and of course, providers. And it's going to make all hospital standard charges, including uh, gross charges, payer-specific negotiated charges, uh, the amounts that hospitals are willing to take in cash from a patient. It's going to get it all out there so we can see it. The hospitals, where we end up spending the most when we need critical care, uh, they're the most intransigent about wanting to get off dead center, along with insurance companies in these third-party agreements that uh, don't want to reveal anything. And this is going to do that as well, uh, to make public payer-specific negotiated charges uh, and get it all out into the light. Uh, if we can do that, the whole thing will start cascading to where I think providers, uh, you know, doctors across the board, most doctors are interested in doing, most of them don't do it. They don't have their prices when you walk into the waiting room in their clinic. Most of them don't have it, you know, on their website. So hopefully this will start the process of nothing out there with healthcare that you can't see before you uh, um, go for healthcare service. I mean, it really puts the uh, the patient in the, the seat of the consumer where they can do some some comparison shopping, as it were. And that's the part I'm somewhat worried about because I know when I introduced the changes to my insurance plan back in 2008, 12 years ago, they had already kind of atrophied as consumers of healthcare because most were on uh, low deductible plans with copays. Both uh, features don't encourage employees to get out there and shop around. So. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, having to new, uh, learn new ways of doing things, high deductible plans, many of which have just to keep costs down, have raised co-pays. In our case, we got rid of them back in 2008. Uh, 
that's the kind of stuff you need to have done that really gets the consumer, uh, even if they don't want to, forced to have to shop around. So help me understand how this will impact and potentially benefit the economy. It's 19% of our GDP currently. It's 11% in all other countries uh, with, in many cases, better results. So we have some value added features to healthcare here, maybe some better procedures that might cost more. We need to get the total cost of healthcare down to 12, 13, 14%. When you do that, ideally, we wouldn't spend one penny on healthcare, and all of that resource would go to other parts of the economy. So the more we can shrink it, it's like Warren Buffett. He said it's a tapeworm on the economy, and it really is. So, Senator Braun, first I'll ask you, and then I'll bounce it to Cynthia. How can our listeners, and in your case, the citizens of Indiana, specifically get involved or find out more about how they can support this? They need to, number one, talk to their state legislators, because I have more faith in the agility of states to get stuff done than I do the federal government. Uh, The fact that we're here with uh, a president that's weighed in more than any other politician to try to reform the industry, uh, Cynthia knows as well as I do, it immediately gets taken to the courts and uh, the industry will keep doing it. I think you've got more opportunity at the state level. So I want them to talk to their state legislators, talk to their uh, uh, congressional representatives and senators as well. Uh, In the case of Indiana, you don't need to do it because I'm the most vocal senator out here wanting to reform the industry. But they've dug in and they don't want to embrace change because they've had a gravy train. So... Uh, keep talking about it, something will break. And then I think it's got a chance to cascade to where it does all the good things that shining light on anything will do. Senator Braun, I'm grateful for your advocacy and for your time today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Cynthia, anything that you want to add? Yes. And thank you, Senator Braun. And thank you, Caroline. We have also new news from the court side, and that is uh, Senator Braun is absolutely right that the healthcare industrial complex, which namely was the lobbying group for the hospitals, sued the Trump administration to not have to reveal their prices, both at the cash and negotiated rates. And just this week, the court ruled in favor of healthcare price transparency, and it is a huge win for all patients. So it's a major victory, not only for patients, but for all Americans, because now, as of January 1st, 2021, we should have the right to know prices and shop for the best quality of care at the lowest price. Well, of course, what happened is the Hospital Lobbying Association appealed and sued again. Uh, So now it will be in the appellate court. However, Senator Braun, by putting uh, the trying to pass law and legislation in this next stimulus and at no cost to the taxpayer, there is absolutely no cost to the taxpayer, but a tremendous benefit by Senator Braun leading this charge and having Congress act where 
to support 90% of Americans who want healthcare price transparency, putting it in the stimulus will actually make these lawsuits moot. So I would actually say that anybody who's on your listeners could go to patientrightsadvocate.org and click on a button to uh, put their zip code in and respond to all of their congressmen. It will go to their congressmen and women and senators and uh, communicate they want to see it in the stimulus. Should we see it in stimulus when the insurance industry and hospitals are both mandated to do these prices, it totally makes those lawsuits moot because it will be law and we may see this as early as January of next year. I'm an optimist, Senator Braun, and I think the American public have spoken and we're here to support you. Cynthia Fisher, thank you so much. I learned so much from you today and I am grateful for your wisdom and your insight and your action steps. Thank you for your good work on behalf of all of us. Stay safe, take good care, and I hope our paths cross in person sometime soon. And if you like our show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and even better, leave us a review because this helps new listeners find us online. And let me know what career-minded issues you would like for me to feature on a future show. You can send ideas to me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins. Special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.
And if you take good care, and if you like our show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and even better, leave us a review because this helps new listeners find us online. And I want to give a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. We all wish you the best of health and peace of mind as we navigate the progression of COVID-19. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Please take good care and be well. All right, Cynthia, that was fantastic. Thank you so much.